0: With one hand, we reach back to the tried and tested principles which have dethroned principalities and powers. And with the other, we reach forward to the purpose, the power of God for a new generation. Say there's hope. I said there's hope, hope. say it loud, there's hope. hope. Let the homeless know, there's hope. hope. Let the addict know, there's hope. hope. Let the backslidden believer know, there's hope. hope. Let those diagnosed with cancer know, There's there's hope. Now give God glory, because he's the author and the finisher of our faith, and faith begins with hope. Amen. Here's, here's why we know we have hope, something you should never, ever forget. 1 John chapter number 4 and verse 8, and it says this, the shortest yet most comprehensive definition of God. I mean, you can say a lot about God, but everything you could say about God is wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Doesn't matter what's gone down. Doesn't matter who I know or don't know. Doesn't matter what I've done or haven't done. You can't stop the everlasting love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It reaches to the highest heights and thank God today it reaches to the lowest hell. Oh, love of God, how rich, how pure, how marvelous and true. Hallelujah for the uncomprehensible love of God. And I don't care if you don't shout another time today, I hope you will, but I want you to take 15 seconds and I want you to shout that when you are unlovely, he loved you no I mean it. and Jehovah God Elkanah Jehovah God Elkanah the jealous one he is jealous over us not out of a selfishness but with abandonment and unconditional love. He has an issue. He simply cannot stop loving you. With an unconditional, unabated, overwhelming, unimaginable love. So please this morning, When I preface my remarks with these statements, please don't make the mistake of attributing to God the selfish, lustful, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. I love you, do you love me, circle one, yes or no? Kind of love with God's love because God's love will never fail. He will never abandon you. I mean, I pulled over, coming onto the property today, right before daylight, and I saw that big old sign, thank you, Ashton. I saw that big old sign at Gender Road. Simply said, you are not alone. And right there, I parked my car. I'm not alone. So let the storm clouds rise. Let the dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. For I'm sheltered, safe within the arms of God. He walks with me and none of earth shall harm me. For I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 records the first of the Decalogue or what we commonly refer to as the Ten Commandments. It simply says this, you shall have no other gods before me. Simple, right? Simple to read. A whole lot harder to live. You, say he's talking to me now. Now, all morning long, i have zeroed in on you. And nobody's shouting. Did you ever notice people shout most when they think God's talking to somebody but them? So we're going to zero in on you today. Go like this, come on. Say, today it's all about me. I'm right here God and I'm ready to receive your word and when I do I will heed it, obey it, and great will be my victory and my joy and my peace as a result. Now give him a clap hand offering, hand clap offering that you know. Then So commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two, you shall not make unto yourselves any graven idol. What's an idol? What you put ahead of God, consciously or unconsciously, unconsciously. Unconscious, you couldn't because you wouldn't know anything. Anyway, I'll work it out later. You shall not make unto you any graven idol, nor shall you bow down to them. Our text, Acts, chapter 17, verse 16, the apostle Paul says, his spirit, not his mind, not his emotions, his spirit was stirred within him. When he saw the city was wholly given to idols. I would to God that that was the cry of the modern Holy Ghost filled church. That our spirits were stirred within us when we see that our cities are wholly given to idolatry. The most serious consequence of idolatry throughout the ages has not been a withholding of natural rain, far more insidious, is the lack of spiritual rain, the life-giving force of Holy Ghost revival, personally, corporately and around the globe so here the prophet Amos as he begins to describe idolatry's curse Amos chapter 8 verse 11 the time is coming says the Lord God that means you can take it to the bank when I God will send a famine on the land not a bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of God. Notice he did not say the preaching of the word of God. He did not say the teaching of the word of God. He did not say the profligation of the word of God. He did not say the writing of the word of God. He said the hearing of the word of God. So in this year, 2024, the year of the open door, how about we shout for about 15 seconds for God to open our spiritual ears. <laughs> open our ears, God, and let us hear. A famine of rain is, is, is simply emblematic of a symptom with a much greater problem. How can it be, I ask myself, how can it be that so many people in modern culture and the church are so void of the refreshing rain of God's presence, so dry, so parched, so grouchy, so mean, so beat up, so downtrodden, so depressed, when God's word is available with more abundance and anointing than it has ever been available to any generation on earth. It's easy for us to look back at Rehoboam, at Amos, not Bishop Amos, the prophet Amos, and point, be peering over our little glasses with our pursed lips and point our accusing fingers at those before us and say (laughs) we would never fall prey to such idolatry. The problem is history proves otherwise. Unless and until Human hearts are truly transformed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the keeping power of the blessed Holy Ghost idolatry continues to be an aggressive, a tantalizing, and hear me, a deadly temptation. The only difference is that today's Idols masquerade in many more disguises than the ancient ones. Today, so-called sophisticated, educated moderns have exceeded traditional idolatrous normality and have elevated their basest impulses and most foolish behaviors to deity status. The pantheon of false gods and the way to worship them in our post-modern, post-Christian world is without limit and it is without restraint. My purpose, my purpose is to illustrate some of the most egregious examples of idolatry by which our culture and the church have corrupted themselves. Look at somebody and say, he's talking about the corrosive effect of idolatry. I also want to describe the glorious God-prescribed antidote to the opioid of idol worship, to which millions are now addicted. And I want to speak prophetically to what I see in my spirit coming to pass and evolving in the coming days. A, the current chaos in which we find ourselves. B, a coming confrontation. And C, a cataclysmic climax that is unexpected, but certainly not unintended. Do you think what's going on in America today is unintended? You got to think about it. Do you think what you're getting on your newsfeed every single day is unintended? Do you think the crime is unintended, or could there be folks helping it along? Nothing is by accident. Now, all religions, this is so important, all religions have certain similar characteristics. For instance, there's a deity. There's a deity. There's a deity. Usually, the deity is all-powerful and all-knowing. Secondly, there's an order of worship. Did you notice this morning we sang before we preached? There's an order of worship. There are sacred documents, prescribed locations where that Specific deity is worshiped. There's always a financial support system. I'm helping you identify what masquerades for help and are dumb idols. There's a financial support system, and then, of course, there are the worshipers. Now, every one of these is strikingly, abundantly present, hear me, in the current celebrity worship culture. Celebrities are not all-powerful. They are not all-knowing, but you sure could never tell it by the way their fawning fans fall all over them. Celebrity endorsements sought by corporations on every hand because they depend on star power to market their merchandise. Everything from what automobile you drive to what cruise you go on, from insurance to investments, from restaurants to resorts. Celebrities auction their images and voices to the highest bidder. Their goal is a very, very simple one. They want to separate you and me from our hard earned cash. When it comes to being all knowing, (laughs) celebrity. Opinions are spewing from every medium on every subject under the sun, and usually they possess no more knowledge about the subject on which they are asked to opine than the average 12-year-old. But their less profound, their pickled thoughts, Well, what about omnipresence? Well, you sure can't get away from celebrities, can you? They're everywhere. Their half-clothed bodies and photo-filtered countenances with their plastic surgery and dental implant inhat smiles. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, could you turn that down? cuz like I can't see anything but the the orb coming from your fake mouth and your fake lips and your fake forehead and your fake hair I'm talking about the men and Don't forget there's smoldering Stares and their faux intellectual smirks which bombard our senses and our weary, weary eyes from television and billboards, from giant screens and teeny ski screens and magazines and the internet, 24-7 bombardment from sea to shining, flipping sea. But the celebrity cult's order of worship now, that differs according to the type of celebrity. Might be a playlist from a music project, might be a concert, might be a program for a sporting event, might be a theater program, or it could be an unspoken but understood ritual. Don't you say a word, Joni, about my Buckeye gear that I put on before every game. Understood ritual performed on the way out to a game, a show, or some other kind of production. Sacred documents, Mm. Celebrity worship in their sacred documents include any and all printed material, handbills, posters, I mean, you got on me, Johnny, I'll get on you for your Donnie Osmond poster. Listen, <laughs> magazine articles, movie tickets. I'm not going to tell on anybody, but I walked in one of the male dormitory students' room the other day. Movie tickets all on the mirror. Everything from, can I have a selfie? To books, which are always authored by ghostwriters and have little, if anything, to do with true reality. I was in a restaurant in Las Vegas, Nevada for breakfast, and there was a celebrity there. And when he had finished his breakfast, he wiped his mouth with his napkin and laid it on the restaurant table. Here came three people fighting over the napkin. But don't let a pastor, according to Acts 19.11, give anybody a prayer call. venues vary in size and scope from a local tv studio to a smoke-filled club to the largest stadiums in the nation dance halls hotel ballrooms community theaters to open farm fields attract the faithful worshipers by the dozens or hundreds of thousands. The financial support system, oh, that's easy enough, includes every kind of merchandise available, memorabilia, anything you can imagine, and a whole lot of stuff that you wonder, who in the world imagined that? That anyone would buy that, yet the shelves are bare. Billions and billions of hard earned dollars flow towards celebrities like water flows to the ocean. Here's the part that gets me no one ever complains. Places and venues and politicians who that individual would never be able to access if they didn't have a million followers on YouTube. Then of course, there are the worshipers. Now I'm not, please understand me. I am not suggesting in any way, all of you backslidden believers, that there's anything wrong with going to a sports event. I plan to go to Indianapolis, Indiana next year and watch the Ohio State Buckeyes win the national championship. Look at all the applause. Right? It's okay. I'm not saying that you're an idolater because you have a favorite program that you watch on Netflix. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is you have no earthly idea how much time you spend on everything but God. Everybody's been watching their watches for the last 15 minutes. One day a week. Right? That's all I'm saying. It's hard to argue that the elements of worship don't profusely abound in the celebrity culture. The number of fans, that goes anywhere from a handful to multiplied millions. For example, let's just take this up right quick. With this in mind, you could say that today's Super Bowl festivities fit the bill of celebrity worship. Hmm. A lot of folks are saying that today should be a national holiday and that tomorrow should be included as well to help us get relief and recovery from the revelry. Why not? After all, tonight's Super Bowl game featuring the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will have 70 million viewers at the beginning when the incomparable Reba Reba McIntyre will perform for us the national anthem. I, for one, can't wait. The Super Bowl's been called less of a game and more of a media spectacle for pop culture. In 1967, the average cost of a 30 second spot on the Super Bowl tonight, for advertising was $42,500. Tonight, there's seven million. That's a quarter of a million dollars per second. And the advertisers fight because they know we'll be sitting there. Last year's Super Bowl, 115 million viewers in the United States alone. This year, an additional 72,000 screaming, painted fans will jam into Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. CBS, CBS will profit 650 million dollars in two hours. But another front-running and heavily promoted idol outshines all the rest tonight. Watch for it. It's pervasive. It's called gambling the chance for something that you do not deserve, you did not do anything to earn. That book promises absolutely nothing Don't be praying to God to help you win. You know, the number two bet that people are offering tonight is whether or not there'll be an engagement after the game. Like, okay, but really with all due respect, and I like them both, they're ridiculously talented. But who cares? I mean, who cares? Cambly, center stage, six to eight million people will be in church this morning. No, I mean betting tonight. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to watch hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives and homes to be lost in a moment and ruined forever. Ads on the sphere, that giant screen, are averaging one to two million dollars. One to two million dollars right on the gambling screen to get all the gamblers because we know they're loose with their money. So what's $2 million for an ad to get them to let go of some more? And that number, that dollar amount increases the closer to kickoff we get. It'll probably be well in excess of $10 Let's talk about the more common us folks. I didn't hear a shout 112 million people will attend a Super Bowl party at somebody's house tonight. Spending on the Super Bowl house parties you know, food and what you're gonna drink and so on and so forth, will exceed tonight, in two hours, $17 billion. I didn't hear a single person complain about the price of they wings for the Super Bowl party tonight. Which is fine. Buy all the wings you want. That's $100 a person. So I thought to celebrate that, we'll just go ahead and receive a $100 offering right now for this Holy Ghost party. Hundred bucks a person to get the party on. I'm closing. All of this while the apple of God's eye, the nation of Israel, established in 1948, is at war. Our brothers, our sisters, at war with Iranian backed Islamo fascist terrorists who murder babies, put them in microwaves, and burn them to death in front of their parents. Hamas in the south, Hezbollah in the north of Israel while Houthi, Islamic terrorists, launched dozens and dozens of attacks from Yemen into the Red Sea against our naval forces, Britain's naval forces, and all of the commercial traffic going back and forth through that street. While our soldiers are dying At the same time, just so you know, those of you that are on the wrong side of this equation because you're just uninformed, obviously, you wanna stand up for gay rights, well, the Houthis that you're celebrating, the Islamists that you're celebrating just sentenced 13 people to be publicly executed by stoning for the crime of homosexual activity. Iranian-backed jihadists launch hundreds and hundreds of attacks against our American forces in Iraq, And Russia continues its invasion into the sovereign nation of Ukraine. Hear me where one half million have already died. Drug overdoses among America's 18 to 45 year olds is now the number one cause of death. Number one, more people have died of fentanyl overdoses alone than the combination of all people that died in Afghanistan over 20 years of war in Iraq and in Vietnam combined. 110,000 people a year just from fentanyl, pouring through the Southern border, financed by the cartels and manufactured in China, who are grinning like Cheshire cats that we are watching our own people die around us like flies, while millions are starving in the Horn of Africa. My dear friend Troy Brewer and I are getting ready to do some things together. We are about to rescue those that are being sex trafficked and I don't mean one or two, and I don't mean in one place. I mean all over the globe. We had a meeting this week. He showed me a picture, a picture of an 11 year old child, viciously sex trafficked, and pregnant. I said, what'd you do, Troy? He said, I reached into my pocket and gave gave them a couple hundred dollars. She belongs to me now. A couple of hundred bucks for two lives. An 11-year-old child. 44 million people in America, 44 million, go to bed hungry every night, including 20%. One out of five children under 12 years of age is going to bed hungry in the richest nation on earth. Homelessness has increased 12% in the last 12 months in America because they can't pay for baloney anymore. That's the highest jump in history. 653,000 human beings just like us an entire encampment of them I'm working with the city as hard as I can work to let us be a warming center and get these people living under this bridge in this building to sleep and be fed and hear the gospel and you'd think that would be easy right oh no they don't want people like us to help because they use them for political purposes. To hell with your politics. We're not about your politics. We're about the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and he is, Je- he is Jehovah. Emily. He is the king. This is it. I'm closing. I know we got Super Bowl parties to get to. Okay, be seated. The story, hear me now. The story of the God of creation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, hear me today, is so much more than being a fan of Jesus celebrity. I, I love The Chosen. I, I mean, I just love it. But should it really have taken that for you to learn what happened in the Gospels? I get calls every day virtually. Did this really happen? You got a Bible? The story of Jesus Christ, it's so otherworldly, othernatural. Think of it. God with us. Speaking a language that we can understand. How'd you like to try to communicate with a worm? That's God's dilemma. But He doesn't. God, I shudder. Loving, loving us, healing us, walking among us, helping us, saving. Us from eternal destruction. Are you kidding? There's a danger that you and I will just be impressed, but only impressed. We can easily become just enthusiastic spectators. I fear that's the majority of the church. Not this church, but the church. We're just enthusiastic spectators. Unfortunately, the academic elites in Christian colleges and universities rivals the same elites in the secular realm. It's just all about studying. We are not going to become just admirers of Jesus. I refuse to allow us to become mere occasional supporters of the Lord Jesus Christ, just silent spectators of his message. Jesus' story does not end with him. It continues. In every one of us every day, the supernatural cannot stop at the close of John's gospel. i determined today, and I hope you'll join me, to never again just be a mere fan of Jesus Christ, just some weak adherent to his gospel, but a living epistle known and read of all men, full of the Holy Spirit, tearing down, crushing the idols, casting out the devil's, loving the unlovable, becoming the world changers God called us to be. If you're gonna join me, shout now. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.